I awoke to a harsh sunlight streaming down on my face, my skin burning under its unforgiving rays. It was difficult to remember the events leading up to my sudden marooning on this island. The memories were there, hazy and disjointed, like a broken film reel. I recalled the small charter plane, the engine failure, and the desperate struggle to escape the sinking wreckage. As the first day dawned, the urgency of my situation began to sink in. I needed to focus on my survival. My primary concerns were shelter, water, and food. The beach where I had washed shore provided little in the way of cover, so I ventured into the dense foliage of the island in search of a suitable location to build my shelter. As I trekked deeper into the island's interior, I came across a small, clear stream that flowed from the heart of the island. I decided to build my shelter close by to ensure a consistent supply of fresh water. For materials, I utilized the bamboo that grew abundantly around the stream. With no tools at my disposal, I relied on the jagged rocks and brute force to cut the bamboo to the appropriate size. Over the next few days, I managed to construct a basic framework for my shelter, which I then covered with large palm fronds for protection against the elements. My hands were blistered and sore, but the small achievement of having a place to rest my head provided some comfort. With my shelter in place, I turned my attention to finding food. I'd spotted several fruit-bearing trees near my makeshift home and decided to gather what I could. Climbing the trees was a challenge with my tired, aching body, but I managed to collect a variety of fruits, including coconuts, bananas, and some small ripe berries that I hoped were safe to eat. The coconuts provided not only sustenance, but also hydration, as the sweet milk inside offered a refreshing drink. I found that the bananas were a welcome source of energy, and the berries, which I cautiously sampled, proved to be edible and delicious. As the days passed, I continued working on improving my shelter, gathering more food and exploring the island. Although my situation was far from ideal, I had managed to create a small pocket of comfort and stability. I began to hope that perhaps I could survive long enough to be rescued or find a way off this isolated patch of land. In the dead of night, I was startled awake by a peculiar sound. It was unlike anything I had encountered on the island so far. Peering through the gaps in my makeshift shelter, I could see small, flickering lights moving across the beach in the distance. My curiosity was piqued, and I wondered if these lights signaled the presence of boats or maybe people who could rescue me. Filled with a sudden surge of hope, I sprinted through the forest towards the source of the lights, the undergrowth snapping beneath my feet. As I reached the tree line, I stopped abruptly, my astonishment replacing the initial excitement. The lights were not from boats or people, but rather from countless crabs marching in a massive line down the beach. Their shells glowed with a mesmerizing blue-green bioluminescence. As far as I knew, no species of crab possessed such a quality. My curiosity peaked, I decided to follow the glowing procession. I walked alongside the moving army of crabs, careful not to step on any of them. The sight was both enchanting and eerie as if nature had given me a front row seat to the mysterious performance. The crabs moved in unison, their bioluminescent shells casting an ethereal glow on the sands beneath them. As I followed the crabs, I wondered what could possibly be driving them to move together in such an organized fashion. 
Was it mating season? Were they migrating to a new home? Whatever the reason, their beauty and the phenomenon unfolding before me left me in awe. I trailed the crabs for what felt like miles, losing track of time as I became further entranced by their synchronized march. Eventually they reached a secluded cove where the gentle waves lapped at the shore. The crabs continued their journey into the shallow waters, their glowing bodies creating a breathtaking spectacle as they disappeared beneath the waves. I stood there, my feet sinking into the wet sand, reflecting on the unexpected marvel I had just witnessed. This island, which I had initially perceived as a desolate, forsaken place, had revealed a hidden wonder. Though my circumstances remained unchanged, the experience with the glowing crabs reminded me that even in the darkest times there could still be some moments of beauty and fascination. As the last of the glowing crabs vanished beneath the waves, the silence of the cove was broken by a deep and distant rhythmic pounding. I listened intently, my curiosity peaked once again. The sound was unfamiliar, yet it stirred something within me, compelling me to investigate. After a moment's reflection, I surmised that the pounding must be man-made. Could it be that these strange crabs had inadvertently led me to my salvation? With renewed hope, I set off towards the rhythmic pounding, trekking through the dense forest. As I drew closer, the sound began to take on the distinct characteristics of music, a pulsating beat accompanied by a melody of chanting voices. My desperation to reach the source of the sound overrode my caution, and my feet were gashed and torn by the thorny earth and underbrush as I hastened through the dark. Finally, I reached the edge of the forest where it gave way to a large clearing. The sight before me was extraordinary. A thriving community of people dancing and celebrating around a roaring fire. Undoubtedly, I had stumbled upon a tribe, one that was likely unknown to the outside world. This island, after all, was uncharted on all the maps I had salvaged from the wreckage. As much as I had longed to make contact and reveal myself, I hesitated. As I continued to watch the tribe's ritual from my hidden vantage point, a chieftain-like figure emerged in the center of the circle. He was a commanding presence, standing taller than the others, and was adorned with an armor made from the glowing shells of the crabs I had followed earlier. As he approached the fire, the chieftain held up a large dome shell from one of the crabs, its bioluminescent glow casting vivid light on his face. The chieftain raised the glowing shell high above his head, chanting a passage to the surrounding tribespeople. The drumbeat quickened and intensified, matching the fervor of the chieftain's words. From the edge of the circle, a tribesman stepped forward and knelt before the chieftain, tilting his head back in anticipation, and the chieftain carefully poured a glowing liquid from the crab shell into the man's open mouth. Almost instantly, the man began to twitch, his arms and body undulating in a grotesque and unnatural fashion. His skin bubbled and changed texture, becoming rough and uneven, while his color shifted to a sickly green hue. Before my very eyes, the man started to grow, his limbs elongating and his muscles bulging as he transformed into a monstrous, barely human creature. I watched in horror as one by one the members of the tribe underwent this ghastly metamorphosis. 
Each transformation was as harrowing as the last, with bodies contorting in grotesque ways, faces elongating and eyes bulging. The once fluid, graceful dancers now moved in a jerky, uncoordinated manner, as if their new forms were unfamiliar to them. It was as if the glowing liquid had unleashed something primal and savage within them, turning them into creatures more closely resembling the island's wild inhabitants than the humans they once were. As the final tribesperson completed their transformation, the drumming reached a fever pitch, and the monstrous figures began to dance once again. This time, their movements were aggressive and violent, a far cry from the harmonious celebration I had witnessed earlier. The firelight flickered wildly on their distorted faces, and I shuddered at the sight of their gruesome new forms. My mind raced as I tried to process the horrifying scene before me. What had I stumbled upon? Was this some form of ancient magic or curse that had befallen the tribe? Regardless of the explanation, I knew that I needed to tread carefully if I hoped to survive and find a way off this enigmatic island. In my shock and terror, I lost my footing, and with a sickening snap, a large stick cracked beneath me as I stumbled out of the tree line. The monstrous tribespeople, their grotesque faces contorted in surprise, jerked their heads in my direction. I knew I was exposed, clearly visible in the firelight that spilled into the darkness. For a brief moment, we stared each other down, suspended in tense silence. Then, as if propelled by some unspoken signal, both the monstrous tribe people and I broke into full sprint. Panic surged through me as I raced through the jungle, my legs pumping with adrenaline-fueled speed. The creatures pursued me, their guttural growls and heavy footfalls echoing in the darkness behind me. My body ached and my breaths came in ragged gasps as I tore through the underbrush. The thorny ground slashed at my feet, but I barely felt the pain as I sprinted, driven by the primal instinct to survive. Branches whipped at my face, and my heart hammered in my chest, but I couldn't afford to slow down. The monstrous beings were relentless, and I knew that if they caught me, my fate would be sealed. As I pushed myself to the brink of exhaustion, I desperately tried to recall the path back to my makeshift shelter, hoping that it might offer some semblance of safety from the pursuers. My vision blurred with fear as I navigated the treacherous terrain, each step a desperate bid to stay ahead of the nightmare that chased me through the darkness. In a desperate attempt to evade the monstrous tribespeople, I scrambled up the nearest tree and wedged myself between the branches, doing my best to stay hidden in the shadows as I listened to the clicking noises of the creatures and the shouts of the other unchanged tribesmen as they searched the jungle below for me. The adrenaline coursed through my veins and eventually I gave way to exhaustion, and I succumbed to sleep, my dreams haunted by the terrifying events of the night. When I awoke, I decided I needed a more concealed and secure place to hide, should the need arise again. I spent a few hours constructing a well-hidden shelter under the cover of a large fallen tree, using the natural debris and foliage to camouflage my refuge from any prying eyes. With this task completed, I felt a small measure of relief, but I knew that I needed to understand the connection between the glowing crabs and the tribe's supernatural transformation. I ventured back to the side of the island where I had first encountered the crabs, hoping that observing them might offer some answers. Night after night, I waited on the beach, watching and preparing for their return. 
In the meantime, I fashioned crude weapons and spears, my mind racing with theories about the mysterious events that had transpired on this uncharted island. After nearly two weeks of waiting, my patience was rewarded as the familiar sight of the glowing crabs appeared on the horizon. A strange mixture of relief and trepidation washed over me as I began to follow their eerie procession down the beach once more. As I trailed the glowing crabs, I pondered the possible explanations for their strange bioluminescence and their connection to the tribe's transformation. Was there some sort of toxin in their shells that induced the grotesque changes in the tribesmen? Or was this a phenomenon rooted in ancient magic or the supernatural? Regardless of the answer, I knew that unlocking the secrets of these creatures might be my only hope of unraveling the mysteries of the island and finding a way to escape. As I reached the cove where I had first witnessed the crabs disappearing into the shallow waters, I realized that I had gained no new insights into their mysterious march or their connection to the tribe. Desperate for answers, I decided to take a more direct approach. As the crabs began to vanish into the waves, I quickly reached down and grabbed two of them, one in each hand making sure to hold them from the back of their shells to avoid their claws. The crabs writhed and snapped in my grasp, their legs flailing wildly in the air. As if sensing the capture of their brethren, the rest of the glowing procession halted momentarily, their bioluminescent shells casting an eerie light on the shoreline. For a brief moment, I was gripped by fear, half expecting the crabs to turn and attack me in retaliation. However, after a tense pause, the crabs resumed their silent march, disappearing into the waves and leaving me alone on the beach. The darkness broken only by the glow of the two crabs I held captive. With the sense of both relief and determination, I carefully carried them back to my shelter, intent on studying them further in the hopes of discovering the truth behind their strange connection to the tribe and their supernatural transformations. As I observed the crabs in the dim light of my shelter, I searched for signs of the glowing liquid that had been poured into the tribesman's mouth during the ritual. I knew that understanding the source of this liquid might be the key to unlocking the secrets of this island and finding a way to escape its grasp. I made the difficult decision to keep one crab captive and kill the other. I reasoned that if the chieftain had drunk from the crab's shell, the crabs must be an essential part of the ritual. But even as I considered my next step, I was plagued with uncertainty. Should I really attempt to extract and drink the glowing liquid? Was the transformation only temporary? Would I be irreversibly changed? Despite these doubts, I knew that it was only a matter of time before another dangerous confrontation with the tribe. Rescue seemed like an increasingly distant possibility, and I needed to find a way to survive on this island. Perhaps, I thought, if I could prove to the natives that I had mastered their transformative ritual and was willing to undergo it myself, they might accept me into their tribe, allowing me to live peacefully on the island. Determined to move forward with my plan, I snapped the leg off the crab, watching as the glowing liquid spilled out. The crab writhed in my grasp, and in my struggle to kill it and collect the liquid, almost all of it was lost. Frustrated but undeterred, I carefully removed the bowl-like shell from the dead and emptied crab and turned my attention to the second crab. I steeled myself and quickly snapped off several of its legs. The glowing liquid poured out, and this time I managed to catch it in the shell of the first crab just as I had seen the chieftain do. Holding the shell full of the mysterious glowing liquid, I took a deep breath and began making my way through the forest towards the area where I had first encountered the tribe's village. As I reached the tribal camp, 
I discovered that they were in the midst of another ritual, just like the one I had witnessed before. The timing felt like fate, and I knew this was my chance to confront them. Mustering all of my courage, I stepped out from the tree line, drawing their attention as I called out, Hey! The drumbeat ceased abruptly, and the entire tribe turned to stare at me, standing in the firelight. I could see the surprise and curiosity on their faces as I raised the shell above my head, mimicking the chieftain's actions from the first ritual. Doing my best to replicate the sounds of the chieftain's chant, I prepared myself for what was to come. With a deep breath, I brought the glowing bowl to my lips and drank the bitter liquid in one swift motion. As the tribesmen cheered and gathered around me, their smiles seeming to welcome me into their fold, I felt the first painful waves of transformation begin to take hold. My skin bubbled, my bones cracked, and my limbs stretched unnaturally. As I succumbed to the darkness, I couldn't help but wonder if I had made the right choice, or if I had just sealed my fate forever on this mysterious and uncharted island.